in this morning, Birmingham City Church. You guys good? Now you're going to have to do better than that. I flew 25 hours to be here with you today. So when I say, how are you? You better say, I'm doing fine, even if you're not. All right. So how you doing, Birmingham City Church? Good. Hey, here we go. It is, uh, it is really is my honor to be here and to be able to bring the Word of God uh, this morning. Uh, I just want to just thank Pastor Mark Ryan and Kathy, his wife, just wonderful, beautiful people. Uh, they're just really just lovely, lovely people, lovely pastors, and I know you're in such incredible hands. Do you like your pastors? Are you happy you got great pastors? Come on, put your hands together for them. They're absolutely amazing, honestly. Uh, so uh, I am from Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, right now it's about 30 degrees back home. It's summer at Christmas time back home. So we've traded that in for the nice blanket of cloud that is the perpetual state of England during the winter. I do apologize if you can't understand me. Um, I do speak English. Uh, it's just a slightly different variation on it. You invented the language, we just destroyed it. So uh, if, I, if I get excited, I speak a little fast. So if you don't understand me, just say amen. It, it'll help you, it'll help me, we'll all have a great old time. This is my family, um, so uh, my wife Bex, and these are my two boys. That's Judah on the left, and the little cheeky one, his name is Rocky. So uh, they are just awesome. They were here in the first service. We've had a really busy time. We've been here in, in, in the UK for two weeks now, and uh, we're on our sabbatical. This is, it's like a working sabbatical. We just, we, we just love being with the family of God. So we've got a few uh, weeks away here in the UK. They are absolutely so tired. Uh, we've had a busy few days, so they've just gone back to uh, our room to rest and just to uh, recover, and they've left me to do the hard work with you guys. But I don't mind. I'm excited to be here, and, and I'm honored to be able to bring uh, the Word of God. Just another interesting um, bit of information. I didn't share this with the first service, so be blessed. Um, about just under an hour from here is a place called Shropshire. Have you guys heard of Shropshire? Yeah. So uh, in, in Shropshire, 150 years ago, there was a man by the name of William Green. William Green got saved at a church called Bridge North Baptist Church in Bridge North Shropshire, and then he went and trained at Charles Spurgeon's Pastors College in London, and 150 years ago, he got on a boat and sailed to New Zealand and went as a missionary to the gold miners in a place called South Otago at the bottom end of New Zealand. I'm a direct descendant of William Green, who came over here as a reverend. 150 years later, I'm coming back to the same place to preach the gospel. Isn't it Amazing. So 150 years later, the same gospel that left these shores to bring it to us is coming back to bring it to you. And I think that's a really cool thing. Uh, I want to preach this morning from uh, a passage of scripture in the book of Acts. So if you have a, a Bible with you, uh, you can open that up to the book of Acts around chapter number 14. If you don't have one, that is absolutely fine. Uh, most smartphones now, you can get a Bible on your smartphone, so you can pull that out. Or if you don't have either of those things, that is absolutely fine, because I'm going to read it for you Today, it starts in Acts chapter 14, starting in verse number 8, says this. Now at Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth, and he never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul, looking intently at him and seeing he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. What I want to do today is I want to preach a message that I've called a posture of faith. And my goal today is to stir a little bit of faith in this house today. In fact, what I want to do is leave a deposit of faith and stir you up and maybe shake the cage a little bit and get you 
uh, positioning your life and living your life with a greater measure of faith. And I want to do that both individually and corporately because I actually believe that God has more to pour out in your life than you're currently receiving. And I want to stir you to live a life with a greater measure of faith, a posture of faith. The, the thing about posture is that experts believe that the way we hold our bodies and the way we, we posture ourselves, it communicates things to other people. So for instance, it's, it's called body language. Have you guys heard of body language here in Birmingham? Right? Okay, listen, like I said at the start, you're going to have to do better. When I ask questions, you need to uh, say something to me, right? I'm a skinny white boy from Auckland, New Zealand. I need some help, people, right? Experts believe this, this, this thing called body language that communicates things to other people. And here's something that's really cool. Uh, that what they believe is that when you sit next to a person, now you're not allowed to move when I say this. When you sit next to a person, the direction of your leg crosses becomes very significant. So when you're sitting next to somebody, and if you're on good terms with that person, your leg will cross and you have an openness towards that person. However, if there is some kind of issue, your leg will cross and it will become a physical barrier between you and the person. Now, we've got two of your lovely ladies from the worship team here, and there's some issues on the front row, church. I'm telling you, pray for the worship team. If the devil's going to get a foothold, it's in the worship team. I'm telling you. Don't know what you guys are going on. Yeah, you can hug it all you want, but the body language doesn't lie. It's science. So the apostle Paul is preaching in this town called Lystra. And as he's preaching, he looks out in the crowd, and I don't know how many people would have been in the crowd, maybe a large crowd, maybe a small crowd, but when he looks out in the crowd, he sees a crippled man, and this crippled man, he's been crippled since the day he was born. The Bible says he's never walked a day in his life. He's never stood on his feet. He's got all manner of dysfunction. He's got all kinds of inadequacy and disadvantage against him in his life, and he's sitting there in the room, and, and he couldn't stand. He couldn't jump around, but there was something about the way he was sitting. There was something about the way he postured himself that got Paul's attention, and Paul saw this man in a, in a sea of people. He saw this man and the way he was sitting, and it got his attention, and Paul saw that he had faith to be made well, and he was made well that day. Can I tell you, I believe God is looking for a church that lives with a posture of faith. There's something about him that's saying, I've got faith today, I've got faith today. God is looking for a people and a church that will live its life with a posture of faith. See, uh, I've been walking with Jesus now for nearly 20 years. I've been on staff with Elam uh, in New Zealand for 17 of those years. I know I got saved when I was 10, so you do the math. I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> and throughout that time, I've discovered so much of the wonder of God. I've discovered so much about who He is and how He works and, and, and his, his power and His grace. It, it just, it's wonderful, but I've also discovered there's a whole lot of stuff about God that I don't understand. And, and the more you go on this journey with God, the more you have to be okay with the mystery of God. If you could understand everything, then He wouldn't be God. And, and, but, but here's what I have learned and I have discovered is that God moving in your life and God pouring out in your life and God responding in your life is directly linked, the Bible teaches, to this little thing called faith. Faith is like this key ingredient. It's a key component uh, in, in seeing God move in your life in different ways. But I also know this after being in church for a while. It, it, it's that faith can sometimes be this intangible, unreachable thing. 
So faith is this thing out there that you can't quite grasp or get a handle on or fully understand. And so when you're going through trial and someone says, hey, brother, just have more faith, you go, awesome. What does that mean? Like, what does it look like to live with greater faith? What does it look like to live a life with a greater measure of faith in your life? And so what I want to do today is I want to make faith practical for you. I want to put some legs on faith. I want to help you to understand how every single day you can live your life with what I will call a posture of faith. In Jesus' name, be blessed. I love family churches. All kinds of craziness goes on in family churches. We have a family church. I want to encourage you, inspire you, I want to show you how you can live with a greater posture of faith in your life, and in turn, I believe, see God move in your life like you've never seen him before. Is that okay? We're going to do so by looking at this life of the crippled man. So I've got a few thoughts. My first thought is this, about how, what a posture of faith looks like in your life. The first one is this, a posture of faith is open, not closed. It's open, not closed. Now, I can't imagine that Paul is preaching in Lystra, and when he looks out, he sees the crippled man. And when he sees the crippled man sitting there, I can't imagine he sees a guy with his, his arms folded and his legs crossed. We frown on his face, kind of like, give me your best shot, Paul. And I can't imagine he looks out and he sees that guy and he goes, hey, he's got some faith. See, a posture of faith isn't closed off. It's open. A posture of faith is not saying, give me your best shot. It's saying, God, if you're in this moment, I'm open to receive what you've got for me. A posture of faith is, God, if you're here and you want to speak to me and you want to move, I'm open to what you want to do in my life. See, I started this ministry journey as a youth pastor, and that's why I don't have any here. Nick knows he was a youth pastor. He, he knows. I see many other youth pastors in the room. <laughs> and... Uh, this is many years ago, I was, I was a youth pastor, and I went down to a youth pastor's conference in a different part of our, our nation. And uh, the one thing that Christians love to do with conferences is we jam-pack them so full that you need to have a four-week holiday at the end of the conference just to recover from the mayhem that we poured into the conference. Like, we will put three weeks of sessions into three days. It's just, it's just one of our many gifts to this world. And, and I was in day three of a four-day youth pastors conference, and I was so done. Like, I was tired. Conferences, you stay up late, you get up early. It's just mayhem. I was so tired. I was so full. I'd had, I'd had my fill. And so I showed up to the night session of day three of this conference, and I was closed. I was like, God, you can do what you want to do, but I'm okay. I'm not interested. Um, I'm, I'm good. Like, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. It's not happening, God. You just go. You do your thing, but I'm going to be okay. I'm just going to stay here and just you pass me by. So I'm standing there at worship in this, at this youth conference, and, and God just starts moving. Like, the Spirit of God's pouring out. People are crying, and people are getting touched, and people are worshiping, and every, like all around me. And here's me looking like an idiot in the middle of it, just kind of standing there going, let's get this done because I want to go home to bed. You know what I mean? And, and in the middle of all that, I feel God just speak to me and say, Steve, open up. I have something for you today. Open up. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm all right. Like, you just, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, God. And I just can't fight this, this feeling, this voice that's saying, Steve, open up, open up, open up. So I'm like, okay. So I decided to just do the one hand in my pocket, one hand worship. <laughs> and I feel God saying, open up, open up. So, okay, God, if you've got something for me today, then... I'm open, here I am. Like, what is it you want to say? What is it? 
I'll worship you. I'm, I'm in. Like, I'm open. What is it, God? And in that moment when I fully open up, I feel like the sense of the Spirit of God just again speak to me. And, and the, the conviction of God comes upon me. And I feel God say to me, Steve, you need to go confess your sins to somebody. And I'm like, no. That's a terrible idea. That's the worst idea I've heard all day. That's like, why would I do that? Not happening. And so that I, then I begin this wrestle with God about confessing my sins and so on. No one wants to do that, especially not in a room full of my peers and colleagues at a youth pastor's conference. It's not happening. But I can't, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I can't fight this thing. And then the preacher gets up in the middle of worship. He goes, I feel I have a word for somebody. The Bible says, confess your sins to one another and be healed. I'm like, no. <laughs> so... This goes on and I can't fight it anymore because I've already opened up and I feel God speaking to me. And so I feel I have to tell someone. So I look around the room for the least judgmental person I can find. <laughs> and I see a guy, he's my age and he has dreadlocks. I'm like, he my man. I'm going to talk to him. Like, <laughs> he's exactly who I'm looking for. And so I, I go up to him and he's worshiping Jesus. Like he's just into it. And I don't introduce myself. I don't say hello. I just grab him by the shoulders mid-worship. And I grab and I say, brother, I have to tell you something. And so I proceed just to tell him every sin in my life. I'm just down. What happens? This is what's amazing. God says, confess your sins to him and he'll forgive you. Confess your sins to one another and be healed. It's amazing. And so as I begin to just download and confess my sins to somebody, I start to get free. God starts healing me. God's restoring me. I get freedom from a whole bunch of stuff that I was stuck in and I hadn't experienced freedom from for a long time. And I'm just getting healed. And it's amazing. And so I'm crying. And I'm weeping. I'm like, this is a massive, powerful moment for me. This guy is looking at me like a stunned mullet. We would say stunned mullet. You'd say a deer in a headlights. Like, like, I don't know what's happening here, but this idiot is just telling me stuff. And so I'm, I finish, I wipe the tears out of my, wipe my eyes, I, I just say, oh, brother, thank you so much, like this. And no word of a lie, this is what he says to me. Um, I don't speak English. I'm like, <laughs> he didn't understand a word I said. Nothing. Nothing. Don't tell me God's not good. I'm telling you. Not one word that I said did he comprehend or understand. It's the best moment of my life. I'm telling you. But I tell you what, church, in that, from that moment, I got free from a whole bunch of stuff. God healed me from a whole bunch of stuff. But it only came because I started to come open. If you're closed off, don't ever come to church closed off. Don't ever come to church going, God, what do you got for me? Don't ever come to church thinking, give me your best shot. Come to church going, God, if you're here in this moment, I'm open, I'm available, I'm ready. Come speak to me, come shape me, come move in my life. Come on, somebody, yeah. If you come closed... If you come closed, you'll get exactly what you came for. Nothing. A posture of faith is not closed off. It's open to what God might do in your life in any moment. First thought, a posture of faith is open, not closed. My second thought is this. A posture of faith is engaged, not distracted. It's engaged, not distracted. I can't imagine Paul is preaching in Lystra. And when he looks out at the crowd, he sees a crippled man. And when... He looks at the crippled man. I can't imagine he sees a guy who's sitting there scrolling his Instagram feed. <laughs> can't imagine he's in Facebook and he's checking in to Birmingham City Church, listening to Pastor Mark Ryan, hashtag blessed. <laughs> hashtag living my best life. I can't imagine that he's 
looking out the window, what's going on outside. Can't imagine he's distracted by all the things that are going on. See, I can't imagine Paul looks out and sees a distracted man and goes, there's a guy with faith. See, faith isn't distracted, faith is engaged. Faith doesn't, doesn't look at everything. Faith is engaged in their moment. See, in my mind, and I'm creative in some ways, I kind of picture this, this crippled man maybe even being a bit Pentecostal. Maybe he's even shouting a few amens at Paul. Maybe he's even agreeing, a yes, Paul, I agree, Paul. That's amazing, Paul. If this Jesus can heal me, I want some of that. He's engaged in what Paul is saying and what he's doing because the Bible says Paul looking intently at him, looking at him directly and seeing something about him. See, this guy is engaged fully in what Paul is saying. And, and here's what I've learned uh, in my 20 years following Jesus. You can be in an environment where God wants to move in your life and miss it because you're distracted. There can be a word that God wants to bring to you, but you miss it because you're too busy checking your Instagram or you're too busy worrying about this and that and the other thing. You can be distracted by all manner of different things and it can distract you from what God is wanting to do in your life in a moment. See, back home in our church, we, we run uh, five, sometimes six Sunday services. We, we just pack people in, we pack people out. It's a busy, crazy day. And, and I've learned this. I can sit in five services and hear the same preacher preach the same message five times, and God will speak something different to me every single time. But it'll only happen if I'm engaged. If I hear it the first time and get distracted, I'll miss all the other little nuggets, all the other little words, all the other things that God is birthing in my heart. I'll miss all of them because I'm distracted. And here's what I'll say, and I want to say this um, with all the love in my heart, and I do love you as the family of God and as a part of our Elam family. Um, and if I offend you in this moment, that's okay. I'm leaving tomorrow and see you in heaven. Um, maybe. No, I'm just joking. No, yeah, yeah. I'm just... That if you have been around church for a while, and maybe you're a bit um, along in years, maybe you've been in church for 40, 50, 60 years, what can happen, and, and even not even that long, maybe you've been around church for a long time, like it, what can happen is you can start to believe that you've already heard every sermon. Like there's nothing new someone's going to preach that you haven't heard before. Heard it all before. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Like, like nothing you tell me I haven't heard before. See, what, what you're dealing with in that moment is a little thing that the Bible calls pride. And what pride will do is it will disengage your heart and cause you to have a faithless posture. So if you believe that you're not going to learn anything new because you've heard it all before, you're already disengaged. And a disengaged heart gives you a faithless posture. Listen, if God can speak through a donkey, then God can speak through a skinny white boy from Auckland. God can speak through Pastor Mark. God can speak through Pastor Nick. God can speak through a child. God can speak through anybody. All you need to be is engaged. Come on, there's an amen from somebody in the room today. It's there, isn't it? It's there. You just got to tease it out a little bit. You're all, you're all being too British, too polite. Stop being so British. My third thought is this, a posture of faith leans in, not out. Posture of faith is leaning in, not out. I can't imagine that Paul is preaching in Lystra. And when he's preaching, he looks out and he sees the crippled man. And I can't imagine when he sees the crippled man, he sees the crippled man just kind of kick back, just, just lax, just, just sitting back and just doing his thing. Like, Paul, like, at least I'm here, Paul. Don't expect me to get involved, Paul. Don't expect me to be a part of it, Paul. Like, at least I showed up to your meeting. 
At least I, I did better than Jimmy. He didn't even come. He's still down the pub. Like, I don't know what's going on with him. But at least I showed up. Don't expect me to be a part of it, Paul. I'm, at least I'm in the room. Can't imagine Paul looks out and sees a crippled man just kind of kick back, leaning out. And he goes, hey, there's some faith right there. See, a posture of faith doesn't, it's not leaning out, it's leaning in. A posture of faith is not, is not just being in the room. A posture of faith is getting as close to what God is doing in that moment as humanly possible. See, see the, the great thing about God is that he's the worst hide-and-seek player ever. He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's like, I'm going to go find you guys. Like, oh, you're there. It's like playing hide-and-seek with a two-year-old. It's like, I see your feet. Under the curtain, I see your feet, man. You need to do better than that. See, God is... God, the Bible says if we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And, and faith doesn't just show up in the room. Faith engages and leans in in the moments that God is doing what God is doing in, in that place. I want to encourage you, when you come to church, don't just be in church, be the church. Don't just be in, like, listen, when you come to prayer meeting, don't just be in the prayer meeting, be the prayer meeting. Don't just come and go, at least I showed up to prayer meeting, don't expect me to pray. You're leaning out. Lean in, actually pray, actually begin to exercise and engage some faith in that, in that moment. Don't Listen, every single one of you in this room has a gift from God. God has graced you. God has purposed you. God has put meaning and gifts inside of you. And you're in this church right here, right now, at this point in time, because God has a purpose for you in this church. And He wants to release you to use your gift to bless this body and bless this city. And if you're currently sitting on that gift doing nothing with it, you're in a room leaning out. Don't lean out with your gift. Lean in with your gift. Actually take it and make something of it. Actually use it to bless somebody. Actually use it to empower someone and bless the body. This is what we do. You're you're not here for nothing. You're not meaningless. You don't carry nothing. You've got something on the inside. Listen, when it comes to worship, don't ever stand in worship and not sing. Don't ever do that. That, That's leaning out in, in a moment of worship. Don't ever come to worship and go, I'm just going to, I don't like singing. No, no, I don't read anything in my Bible where it says, keep your hands in your pockets and your mouth shut, all you people before the Lord. The, my Bible says, clap your hands, all you nations, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Lift your hands, come on somebody. Listen, so, I'm telling you right now, some of you in this room, some of you in this room are reserved, you're like, no, no, don't do it. Don't. You're like reserving yourself because you believe it's the culture of this church. It's not. This church needs you to get outside of that box and, and stop like reserving yourself and restricting your, your interaction and your jumping and your dancing and your praising and your clapping and your shouting. Don't reserve that because you think that's the culture of this church. I'm telling you, it's not the culture of this church. We want you to live and be free and go after what God has got for you. Don't ever stand and worship and not sing. Don't, it's about leaning in in a moment. When, I, when I'm in church and someone else is preaching, I will, I will yell at them. I'm like, yes, amen. I'm like, I'm just quiet because I'm dr- I'm. I'm getting a hold of every word. I'm grabbing it and, I, and, I'm, sa- and I'm agreeing with it. I'm coming into agreement with the word of God. That's why I shout. That's why I amen. That's why I clap. That's why I praise. Because I'm leaning in to get a hold of that moment and come into agreement in my own spirit. So don't ever be quiet in church. It's, it, it, listen, it's a, it's, a, it's a kingdom culture. Look for... I want to... Sorry. Just got a little bit... Dizzy there. I have this friend. His name's Jaron. And we were in church a number of years ago. And Jaron was sitting on the front row. 
And he was crying. And I looked down at him. I said, Jeremy, what's wrong? He said, Steve, do you think God could heal my hand? I said, what's wrong with your hand? He said, he had his hand in his pocket. He always had his hand in his pocket. I never noticed that. He took his hand out of his pocket and his hand was covered in warts. And as a 15-year-old kid, like how devastating is that to have your hand covered in warts? He said, do you think God could heal my hand? I said, Jaron, if you've got a little bit of faith, and I've got a little bit of faith, you know the Bible says that if we have a mustard seed of faith, we can tell a mountain to move and it will go. So I said, let's pray. Let's believe God that he could heal your hand. So we just begin to pray. And we begin to say, in the name of Jesus, we just take authority over this hand, every wart, every malformation, everything wrong. We just come against this in the name of Jesus. We begin to pray. And, and, and God just whispers to me and says, Steve, open your eyes. And in that moment, I opened my eyes, and before my eyes, I'm seeing a miracle. I'm seeing the supernatural. And if you've never seen it before, if you've never experienced it, it doesn't make sense to you. And so as I'm watching his hand, I'm watching there's about eight or nine big, ugly warts, and they just begin to shrink right before my eyes. And I said to Jaron, I said, Jaron, open your eyes, look at your hand. And we look at his hand, and they're shrinking, they're shrinking, they're shrinking. And they just continue to shrink before our eyes, and they become these tiny little lumps on his hand. And... I then feel God say to me, say, Steve, tell him to go home and exercise his faith for one week and I'll finish the miracle. And so I said, Darren, I don't understand this, but this, I feel this is what God's saying. So I said, go home, exercise your faith for one week and you'll finish the miracle. So he goes home, he prays for one week, he comes back and one week later, not one single wart is left on his hands. And from that day to this day, not one wart has come back. I'm telling you, he's so good. He's so good. In the Bible, all throughout the, all throughout the scriptures, Jesus is moving and around the place and there's a woman with the issue of blood and she's gone everywhere to find healing and so she goes and she hears Jesus is coming so she presses in throughout the crowd and grabs a hold of the hem of his garment. She leaned in in a moment. She didn't wait for Jesus to find her. She found him. Two blind guys on the side of the road, they hear that Jesus is going by and they, and, and they start shouting out, Lord, Son of David. They could have said, if Jesus wants to heal our eyes, he will come to us. He will see us. But rather, they shouted out and they said, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Everyone else tried to quiet them up and they said, no, we're getting our miracle today. And they shouted all the louder. There were some friends. They had a paralytic buddy and he, they, they, they heard that Jesus was preaching in a house. And so they put him on a mat and they go and they, they couldn't get into the house. And so they climb up on the roof and they rip the roof tiles off the roof and they lower him in to the feet of Jesus. Listen, friends, if anyone leaned in in that moment, they leaned in. And Jesus said to them, their faith has made you well. It's amazing. See, your leaning in in a moment could be the thing that brings the breakthrough, not just for you, but for someone else. Lean in. Lean in. My last thought is this. A posture of faith looks for a beginning, not an end. It looks for a beginning, not an end. My wife, she loves musicals. She loves, a music, she loves Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals. Any Andrew Lloyd Webber fans in the house? A few. Okay, we're going to start a support group for you guys. It's going to be amazing. But she loves these musicals, and I don't. So I heard that the musical Cats was coming to town. So I bought tickets for Cats. And I tell you what, I hated every minute of it. I hated it all. And I, the thing was, I, I spent the whole time feeling very uncomfortable. Grown people dressed as cats, not okay. I don't know how you roll in Birmingham. But where I'm from, that's not okay. And, and the whole thing made me feel awkward and uneasy. And so I spent the whole time 
looking for the end. Like, when's it going to be done? When's it going to be done? When's it going to be done? And what I discovered was when I got home, looking through the, the manual, the, the booklet, that I missed all the amazing parts of it, like the stage set and the makeup and the music. It's just absolutely phenomenal. But I didn't see any of that when the show was on because I spent the whole time looking for the end. And can I tell you, I don't believe that Paul was preaching in Lystra. And when he looked out, he saw the crippled man. And I can't imagine he saw the crippled man who's sitting there looking at his watch, going, come on, Paul, when are you going to be done? When's this over? Maybe if the band can join me, that'd be great. When's this going to be over, Paul? When are you done? I've got places to be, Paul. You've been preaching for a while now. When you, when's this over? I can't imagine Paul looks out and sees a crippled man who's looking at his watch and goes, there's a guy with some faith today. See, faith doesn't look for the end. Faith looks for the beginning. Faith looks for the beginning of what God wants to do in your life. See, so I want to tell you, church, when you come to church, when you come to these places, when you go to meet with God, don't go looking for when it's over. Go for looking for the thing that God wants to start in your life. Don't, when you go to read the Word, don't go going, I've got my 20 minutes of Bible reading. I'll just look through my Bible, look through my Bible. When am I done? When am I done? When am I done? When am I done? Oh, I'm done. 20 minutes is over. Because you'll miss it. You'll miss it. See, when you go to the Word of God, go looking for the thing that God wants to start in your life. Go going, okay, God, what is it you want to speak to me? What do you want to heal in me? What do you want to change in me, shape in me? What do you want to start in me? What's that thing you want to birth in my heart? Because every time you go to meet with God, I tell you now, God wants to begin something new in your life. God wants to bring you vision, new life. God wants to bring new healing into your life. God is a God of beginning new things in your life. So every time you go, look for the beginning, not the end. The, the interesting thing about this story is I don't know how the crippled man got to the room that day. I have no idea how he got there. I have no idea how he got himself to the room, even if he did. Because he couldn't walk there. The Bible says he never walked a day in his life. Maybe he, maybe he dragged himself to the room. Maybe he thought to himself, look, I hear that this, this Paul is coming and he preaches about Jesus and I've heard the miracle stories. So maybe... If I can just get myself there, maybe God will show up. Maybe he crawled there. Maybe someone else knew that he couldn't get there himself. So they came and they picked him up and then maybe they carried him to the room. I don't know how he got there. But I do know that he left that room a very different person. Friends, I want to say to you, I don't know your story. I don't know how you got here. I don't know how you got to this room today. I don't know the condition of your life. I don't know the amount of dysfunction you might have or the things that you might be dealing with, but I do know this. I don't know how you got here, but I do know you can leave very different. I do know there's a God who loves you more than you'll ever understand. We all mess up. We all sin. We all have dysfunction in our lives and our sin, it separates us from God. And the payment for that sin is death. It's a big payment. But God in His grace sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. And when He died on that cross, He took upon Himself everything you and I would do for our sin. He paid the debt. And then He conquered death in the grave and He rose again to new life. And He extends to every single person here in this room today, not judgment or condemnation. He extends to you His grace, forgiveness for all of your wrongs, a brand new life that begins right here, right now. Forgiveness for every wrong in your life. You get to walk into the plans that God has got for you. you. He does have a plan for your life. You're not an accident. He wants to bless you. He wants to use you to change this world.
And then you get this great promise of eternity in heaven with him. This life, friends, is not the end of the story. God is painting a much bigger picture that you and I are a part of, and he's preparing a place in eternity for you. And if you're here in this room and you don't know Jesus, or maybe you're in this room today and you're playing church, like you know the drill, you've been here a long time, you know the the actions, you know the words, you know how to make it work. But the honest truth is you're far from God on the inside. I want to pray for you. In fact, I want to extend an invitation for you to pray a prayer with me. Can I ask everyone in this room just to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment? If you're here today, you say, Steve, that's me. I'm not right with God. I don't know Jesus. Or you're saying, Steve, my life looks all together and I know the church routine, but I'm actually far from God. I want to invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me. I'm going to pray the prayer out loud. You don't have to pray it out loud. You just pray it with me in your heart. But as I pray it, as I lead you in it, I want you to make it your prayer. It's yours, not mine. Just say these words. Say them in your heart. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned. and I know I've messed up. But I believe, Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old way of life. And I turn to you come in make me brand new today in Jesus name amen amen can we stand together let's worship God